how bad, how bad is it going to get yeah. at this point? So I remember that. All right, let's have some fun. <laughs> you ever get the feeling that everything in America is completely fucked up? You know that feeling that the whole country is like one inch away from saying, that's it, forget it. Let's see. Hey, Twister on, Man. Uh, now look, here's a house full of bees. Like you think the honey badger cares? It doesn't give a Listen, shit. Listen, let's get one thing straight. Price is right. Guns don't kill people. Yes, and I'm not I'm proud to admit on camera Look at the size of that fucking wasp that's in our oh, studio shit. right now. <laughs> yeah, I've been breeding them. Oh, yeah, nice. yeah. No, I mixed that with our bulldog. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> God damn, that thing's big. Do you have one of those bug assault shotguns that we can just blast it out of the sky? I, I don't think that's going to take it down. <laughs> Kelly just exited the studio in haste. There, I'm it's fine. I'm hurting. That's, I'm doing some wasp that, that thing was a freaking mammoth. Jesus. Probably hear it over the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Should we kill it? Nah, he's fine. Out, out. We're pro insect here. Jesus, what is, what's up with your studio, dude? Last <laughs> last episode, I had a goddamn earwig inside of my headphones, which remind me to check again. I think you brought that in. That I don't think so. That was fucked up, dude. Earwig that in my remind, ear. That fully reminded me of that. Uh, um, what was it? The Revenge of Khan? I think it was the third Star Trek movie. Second. Second? Yeah. Wrath of Khan. Uh, the Wrath of Khan. Thank you. And they put the... Uh, that weird Not that ass- I'm a dork or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Nerd alert. Oh, Go boy. On. Tell the story. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Killed it. Nailed him. Yeah, that thing was... We are no longer pro-insect. <laughs> <laughs> that thing was fucking hefty. <laughs> So uh, this will be interesting. Um, I'm getting uh, bad family news uh, and also top five hangovers probably in the last <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Why yeah, the I've long been, face? I've been, <laughs> been spending the morning uh, throwing down beers and crying my fucking eyes out in the backyard, apparently. So... But uh, got got the big boy pants on. We're, we're gonna make this happen yeah. here. We'll laugh about it later. So last night we went to Country Summer, which is a big country summer, uh, big country festival here in Sonoma County, Northern California. And I haven't been to a show. It has been. I started thinking about. It. I think my wife asked me. She goes, "When's the last time you went to a show?" I was like, 
it must have been like six or seven years ago because we had the whole COVID nonsense and I just got old and cranky too. And I'm just not going to go to the Bay Area. I, I try to avoid that place altogether. Yeah. And I was trying to think of what the last show that I went and saw. And so to set this up, the show that I saw last night was Eric Church was the headliner and it was epic. It was one of the best shows I've ever seen. It was phenomenal. I can't like what made it so good. Uh, so this is kind of interesting because you've been to, I've been to probably 3000 shows at this point in my life. Yes. And every big show that I see sounds like dog shit. It mm. never sounds good. It always sounds terrible. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I and mean, how do you make a stadium sound good? Exactly. Yeah. So I've seen like some of my favorite bands and like a huge arena or a stadium or whatever. I'm like, so I stopped going to big shows altogether. I'm like, it just, it sounds terrible. I think I can never tell what's going on. Mm -hmm. And then, um, for whatever reason, I mean, we had like decent seats cause you know, we're old, and, old and bougie, wealthy <laughs> Yeah, at this point. <laughs> is that I could not believe how good everything sounded. Like That's amazing. the musicians were phenomenal. And I mean, I could hear like every single little instrument. It was, it was incredible. And Eric Church, who is someone, I'm kind of a Johnny come lately to the stuff, you know, pop country was something that I made fun of six or seven years ago. I still do. Yeah. And well, me it's a lot of it is complete dog shit, but, um, so many good songs. The sound was perfect. And it just made me think, um, I had this like realization cause as my wife was asking me, so what's the last show that you saw? I was like, I think it was Converge and Cult Leader. So to set this up, like here is the, not that I give myself praise, but I do have a lot of range as far as like one of these, buddy. <laughs> a lot of musical taste. So the last show I saw was Cult Leader, which is these guys. So I went from that to... Do they have a YouTube video with the lyrics on there? <laughs> there's there a karaoke version there's of that no, song? There's no lyrics. <laughs> and to last night, I got... I do know. That's yeah. a good fucking song. It's a great song. Yeah. And those two shows are in my top five. Like the last two shows <laughs> I saw. But what made the show so good? It was was it because you're old and you just needed <laughs> like something just to kind of satisfy your just No, your because if boomerism if, or if, if cult leader would have opened up for Eric Church, I'd be like, this is the best show I've ever been to, like bar none. Right. Right. <laughs> like nothing compares to this at all. Uh there that would be an that would be an odd uh audience <laughs> four people in the audience <laughs> you love cult leader and eric church yes me too oh my god i thought that during the show i'm, I'm listening to eric church i'm like i was like this is a this is a great show i'm really really enjoying this and i'm like last show i saw was cult leader i'm like i wonder if there's you know there's a couple thousand people there it's like i wonder if i could find one other person that like dude i love cult leader and i love eric church it would have been no. like the most bizarre thing it doesn't exist so i got to pay off that the band that opened up for uh eric church i guess they're like friends and he puts them on bills all the time uh and me being old and cranky like i was saying before like it takes quite a bit for something to kind of 
like impress me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this band called the Cadillac Three played, huh. and they were phenomenal. Like one of the better shows I've ever seen. I'm a poster. They were a three piece. And here's the weirdest thing is that the sound was huge. They had this huge sound. Yeah. They had no bass player. Oh, really? The guy played a pedal steel uh. and had like, was playing the bass lines on the pedal steel. Like how he was, because he was playing like riffs and leads on this pedal steel, but was also like playing the bass line. And my wife asked me, she goes, where's the bass coming from? I was like, I think that guy's pulling it on the pedal steel. Because I, I thought at first, I was like, they have a background track, which I'm like, well, I'm going to go. I, I don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch a band with a background track. I'm like, I think that guy's pulling it off on the pedal steel, which is next level skill to do. I was watching him. He's playing the bass line with his thumb while playing the leads with his fingers. Like a piano. Yeah. That's interesting because in my memory of what you just played, that first time I ever heard it, that's I hear a bass line, but a lot of times like the bass drum yeah. and the bass will go along together and right. you just get that kind of thumping bass yeah. tone. That yeah. must be what I'm yeah. thinking of. Yeah. yeah. And dude, it was like hugest sound, three piece. Like I was impressed. And they're like these sketchy looking like Tennessee dudes. Yeah. And like that perfect banter in between songs like uh -huh. you could tell like there's something so pleasing about watching a band and they're so like just in their element like relaxed like we're just having fun up here yeah like, i'm not here to put on a show i mean there's no theatrics we're at the there's no sonoma county fairgrounds this is <laughs> <laughs> i mean we love you guys but come on yeah there was it, it was uh by all metrics a perfect night. Nice. Yeah, it was. I'm generally opposed to band names that have a number in them because yes. of what happened like in the early 2000s with Green Day 77. Match <laughs> Matchbox 20, Ben's Folds Nir 5. Nirvana 54. Fucking, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know where you're going. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> but uh, Cadillac 3 is a good band name. Yeah. 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 It was, it was, uh, haven't been to a show in a while. Came out of show retirement and I uh, was pretty happy. And I got a buddy that hit me up. He's like, coming out of show retirement? I'm all, kind of. <laughs> like, he's like, man, because he knows. He's like, I can't, I can't believe like you doubled down and committed to being around a bunch of people. I'm like, yeah, well, I got some like VIP seats. So like we have our own bathroom. And, and you can basically walk home from there if you had to. <laughs> right. It's 15 minutes from my house. There's a taco bar, like, we got, like a private bar. It, it was really nice. Nice, dude. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you had a good time. Yes, yes, yes. Glad you're in a good mood. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it took 15, 20 minutes, you know. But. Uh, so have you heard, I guess kind of starting the show here, but not really. Um, there's a war on appliances going on. Yes, I have heard of this, heard especially of. particularly where we live. Correct. Yeah. What I realized the war actually is, if I can read through the uh, wasp guts on my <laughs> newspaper here, <laughs> there's this article uh, in, in the uh, greatest newspaper on earth, the Epic Times, about, um, I totally didn't bring the right paper. <laughs> Uh, did I? I just read some random article. Yeah. <laughs> we'll adjust. 
It was about uh, the war on appliances, basically, uh-huh. how uh, all of the... So we're talking about gas appliances. No, all appliances. All appliances. So this is what... It, and it, yeah, basically, all okay, of your so, appliances so, so, have to be more efficient, okay? Okay. And what that ends up meaning is that they work. They don't work as good. More efficient in the, ter- right. in the federal government's definition yeah. means not work as good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Like, for example, we, we talked before about dishwashers mm-hmm. and how dishwashers used to heat their own water. Right. They would heat it up to, like, boiling water yeah. in there. And it didn't take much to clean your dishes with boiling fucking water squirting all over the place. We, we have a newish dishwasher. The thing is completely worthless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I'm anti-dishwasher. I'm like, we're doing everything twice. We're using right. twice the amount of water. I have to wash it before I put it in the dishwasher every single time. All right. Because the dishwasher's of today suck. Yeah. And if you think about it, it's not more efficient. It's just that it's letting the water heater heat the water mm-hmm. instead of the dishwasher heating the water. Right. You're, st- they don't take that into calculation. Yeah. You're still spending energy. It's just this, outside of the dishwasher. This is the, so fucking stupid. this is the argument, <clears throat> not an argument, but a civil discourse that I had with a family member who was saying like, we, well, we need to get off gas completely. Like, I don't want, he's, he's trying to get off the grid is what he's saying. He's like, well, we're going to do everything with batteries, like solar and batteries and everything. I'm like, what, what are you trying to achieve though? He's like, well, I don't want to be beholden to like having a propane tank, you know, and having, I was like, but you, is, it, is this like an environmental thing? You're beholden to batteries. Right. And he goes, yeah. I was like, well, you have to look at the complete embodiment Embodied your, cost. Yeah, your yeah. complete carbon footprint. It's like, where are your batteries coming from? Like, where is that technology coming from? And at that point, you go, I can't believe I'm speaking your language right now. <laughs> Fuck you for making me say the words carbon footprint. <laughs> tricked me again. Damn you. <laughs> well, what it really is, is a war on shit that works good. Yeah. Okay, and that's kind of what I came to realize. Like, so, if anything works good in your life, then mm-hmm. it is a problem for the elite psychopaths who are running our society. Right. Anything across the board. If it works well, then they're going to try to attack it. Mm -hmm. Right. They don't want to, uh, they want to take us back to the 1800s. Yeah. With the technology. Right. It's not that we're, um, uh, it's, it's a, it's an anti-human. Yeah. Kind of move. We're not trying to be low carbon. We're, we're trying to be low technology. Right. Which is the, the dishwasher, that can't heat its own water is relying on the water heater to use its energy. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't get calculated into the energy used yeah. by the dishwasher. Yeah. That energy is still being used. And if we, as we've talked about, you have to wash it twice mm-hmm. sometimes, or you have to wash it in your sink with the hot water from your water heater that takes five minutes to get warm in the first place and then put it in the dishwasher and rely. I mean, it's just obviously a fucked up situation. It's, it's the same thing as saying, saying, I'm getting a electric vehicle. Why? Well, it's better for the environment. Why? Well, we're not relying on the coal industry. We're 70% of our electricity comes from coal. Mm. Mm-hmm. I never thought of that. Yeah. Or natural gas. <laughs> I can tell that you. We're didn't. banning in people's homes. So I came across um, this article that made me think like there's also, so what else works good? Beef. Beef does work good. Works really good. It's a, it's a really humane way to get protein into people's bodies. I thought you were joking. That's actually a really decent point. The amount of protein that you get from one chicken, mm-hmm. you can get, uh, you know, I don't know, probably 60 chickens 
worth of protein out of a cow or a hundred. I don't really know. So if you're worried about the humanity of killing animals, killing a cow is the same as saving the lives of 99 chickens. Right. Right. That is efficiency. That is a problem. We can't have that. Not to, I mean, there's already a war on chickens too. Like mm-hmm. we're culling chickens left and right. Okay. So we're also, have you, have you heard recently about the, uh, um, Ireland culling their cows? Yes. They, uh, dude, our favorite, um, our, our, our new favorite newscasters, uh, Sky v- News Australia. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I have a good clip here on uh, cow culling. They, a long while ago, woke up to the fact that the Labor Party doesn't represent the working man. The Labor Party has let them down very, very seriously. And the Labor Party's on the nose. Have, have the Liberal National Party, though, recognised that trend <laughs> and actually <laughs> tried to reach out to those voters instead of being... Rita, 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 honestly. No. <laughs> they used to burn women like you. <laughs> I just had to include the beginning part. <laughs> you got to fucking love Australians. I do. I, <laughs> especially uh, conservative Australians. There is, there's actually a quantifiable metric for what you were just talking about. Is called the Dia scale. Mm. Um, there was a debate. I, I'm not going to remember the names of the people, but I think they were both on Joe Rogan, the Joe Rogan podcast, and they came back for like a part two of the de- debate. What that is, is the... So you hear the argument of like, you know, there's as much protein in a tablespoon of peanut butter as there is in a hamburger patty, right? Right. You hear like things like yes. that. Yeah. So therefore we don't need meat. It's like, but the... Oh, what do they call it? The available protein, a, a, available protein intake that your body will take in from that. Right. It's like when you drill down on the numbers, like you would have to have, I think like a cup and a half of peanut butter on yeah. your sandwich to have the same amount of protein as a chicken breast, for example. Right. So that's, uh, you know, lies, damn lies and statistics. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was a better time back then, wasn't it? <laughs> I I had to look up to see if this was the same lady that said, um, "What is that woman smoking? <laughs> what is this woman smoking?" Different lady, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude. That that reminds me. I put together a little Happy Father's Day. By Thank the way. you. So I put together a little something. Is while I was watching um, Eric Church, and there, I was like listening to the lyrics. I'm like. All these lyrics, he has decent lyrics, but like most pop songs, like the lyrics are a little loosey goosey. Like, don't really, they're not really saying much. You know, they, I think they write it for the cadence of the song and they, you know, want something that flows with the music or whatever. And you know, like a lot of like pop music, you hear lyrics that, like, uh, I don't know, it's not, not too profound, but it made me think. It's like, <laughs> That's but, like the hugest understatement I've ever heard. <laughs> no, but when you put it to music, you have this uh, like inherent like misunderstanding. Like mm-hmm. this is super impactful and meaningful. Right. right it could now. just it could be talking about like kicking your dog, and you'd be like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> so I put together this for you. Be and be unburdened by what has been. You know what can be unburdened by what has been. What can be? Did you make this unburdened mm-hmm. by what has wow. been? What can be? Unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. What we can see, what we believe can be unburdened by what has been. What can be. Uh, that, that one's good. 
unburdened by what has been. What can be? Unburdened by what has been. What Did can you be? really make all these clips? <laughs> unburdened by what has been. <laughs> oh who we God. can be? Unburdened by who we have been. What can be? Unburdened by what has been. Where we can powerful, be. Dude. Unburdened by where we have been. And the unburdened by where we are my right favorite, now. What probably. can be? I'm going to make this my ringtone. <laughs> unburdened by what has been. What can be? Unburdened by what has been. What okay, can no, turn it be? Turn it unburdened. <laughs> All right, back to the cows. Just so you know, we're uh, only halfway through that clip. I want to ask about these 200,000 cows that are yes, to be yes. destroyed in Ireland. It culled to save the environment. Tell us about that story. This seems crazy. Well, I think that's absolutely fabulous Okay. for the Australian cattle industry. <laughs> it means that the shiny bums in Brussels mm. who have never produced anything in their life are now telling producers what to do. And this can only end in disaster. The Irish know about this from the potato famine of the 1843-1844 period. A third of their population died, a third immigrated, and the same thing will happen. They will lose productive people from Ireland and they'll go somewhere else. So uh, to be a member of the EU is, is um, a little and, and bit... So I just think that th it's really interesting that take your country's uh, industry. Mm -hmm. Whatever works best is going to be the thing that they go after. Right. They really just want to shut. They want to shut everyone's industry down and send them back to the 1800s. You look at what happened in the Netherlands with all the farmers going on, on right. strike and everything. They were attacking. Netherlands is like the uh, the breadbasket of Europe. Yeah. Right. And so, because that was their best industry, we got to attack that and make it smaller. Yeah. Same thing with Ireland. Oh, you have a great cattle industry. We're going to attack that and make it smaller. Anything that you do well is under attack, and it's it's just so obvious what they're doing. They're saying you're using energy. We can't have that. No more using energy. Whatever industry you have that uses the most energy, we're going to attack that industry and try to shrink it. Yeah. I mean, it's just so obvious to me. This war on appliances is the same as the war on cows. It's the war on industry. The same thing is going on with farming right now, too. Is totally. Saying, like farmer, farmers need to, their, their carbon footprint is so big, their emissions are so great that we need to shut down farming. You're like, how's that going to work out? Have you seen the... Uh, you will eat the bugs. Exactly. Have you seen the videos of the, the cows that died in... Um, Texas? Italy uh, due to being vaccinated? <laughs> uh, I think so. That sounds familiar. Okay. Well, a lot of the footage that you've seen is old footage. Mm -hmm. So I think that this is actually... The factual... <laughs> That is true. I think that they... I can't hear that and not think of Gabe's face. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I hate you people. <laughs> I think uh, that this fact check is correct and that those images of the cows that were dying was not from this, vac this vaccination mm -hmm. of the cows. Because I've, I've been going deep, kind of looking to see like what's actually happening. But all of the fact checks are the same. Mm -hmm. They're saying that the cows in Italy and there's other countries also that, uh, that you're seeing the, the death, uh, like large herds dying off is not from them being vaccinated with the COVID-19 vaccine. Okay. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, fair enough. But could you go back over the part of the COVID-19 <laughs> vaccine? <laughs> They're vaccinating cattle. All over the world, it's not approved in America yet. Right. But all over the world, they're vaccinating cattle with these mRNA vaccines yeah. for COVID-19. Uh, I think they were what? they were doing that in the U.S. too. Remember, we, we tackled that a couple episodes ago. 
with when cattle cow producers are like, I'm not injecting my cattle with this stuff. Mm-hmm. But it it the 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 most disturbing part of it, like, why are we we're glossing over step one? Why are we injecting cattle with Exactly. M- mRNA technology. Yeah. Okay, fine. Your fact check might be true, but could you go back to where you admitted that Go back to that first thing real quick. So as I was digging into um, the uh, the stuff on the, on the cows um, and vaccinations, I came across this very, inter- <laughs> this very interesting article. Remember when they were giving people uh, like hamburgers and, and Krispy Kreme yeah. and lottery tickets and yeah. lap dances? Check this article out. Get a COVID-19 vaccine in this town and you could win a live cow. Wow. <laughs> so in Thailand, this article is from like 2021. Uh, they were giving away live cows to try to get people to get vaccinated. I'm going to get me a cow. People went for it, man. I'm sure they so did. So many people got vaccinated for the chance to win a live cow. That is one of the best ones that I've heard. That's pretty good. A Krispy Kreme yeah. donut. I mean, I would enter to win a live cow. Yeah. I don't have any place to put a live cow. <laughs> I don't think I get vaccinated over it, but if you gave me a chance to win, like if one of those uh, things popped up on Instagram where you could enter to win a boat, it was this, enter to win a live cow, I would fucking enter that This contest. is kind of interesting because we we discussed several times, like, I had no strong thoughts on the COVID vaccine in the beginning. I was like, ah, I was kind of like blase about it. I'm like, I don't think I really need it. I think I'm good. You know what I mean? And it wasn't... I Thank God you didn't see the Instagram win a live cow <laughs> thing at that <laughs> <No>. moment. <laughs> and I didn't have strong feelings against it until, like, people that, like, I knew I vehemently disagreed with on everything were, like, pressure. You know what I mean? Or why are you not vaccinated? Why are you not vaccinated? I'm like, okay, like now I'm definitely not doing it. Like there's something going on here. But yeah, I do think about something like this in the very beginning. So I'm like, you get vaccinated? Like, no, I'll give you a cow. Fuck. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm, I haven't really done the research, but why not? All right. Uh, before we get into the serious stuff, I got one more uh, thing that came up in the news I want to share with you. Um, you heard about that guy getting locked out of his house? No. So. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So Amazon shuts down this dude's house. And he had one of those houses where he, everything was controlled by <laughs> Amazon. His door, you, the locks on his you doors. fucking reap what you sow. All right. We have, we have <laughs> said from day one. My, my thermostat hooks up to Bluetooth. Yeah. Good luck with that, my if man. If your refrigerator is connected to the internet, <laughs> if luck your truck that. is connected to the internet, if your house is at all connected to the internet, you are playing with fire. Yes. And finally, the chickens came home to roost. This dude got locked out of his house because he has that door lock. Right. Where, like, I don't know if it's a ring. I think it's the ring doorbell. Is that yeah, Amazon? Yeah. yeah. Right. So it wouldn't open his door yeah. for him. He's locked out of his house for five days. Four racism exactly turns out brandon jackson is black (laughs) but apparently the the delivery driver reported receiving racist remarks from his ring doorbell according to jackson and so i don't know what race the um amazon driver delivery driver was 
Um, but we did get he he we did get actually some of the audio. Oh, did we? Yeah, they recorded uh, some of the audio from you the ring doorbell. You got that look on I, your face, I, <laughs> and I have it exclusively for you here. Okay. I'm sorry, you Ching Chong China man. Nobody is home. <laughs> Can you believe that? <laughs> that is that is one of the most offensive things I've ever heard. I know. Uh, actually, the, the delivery driver could have been a white man. Mm. I'm sorry, honky. Nobody is home. <laughs> so you've been doing some homework. I'm sorry, you ugly white devil. Nobody is home. Dude, your wife being out of town is the best thing that ever happened <laughs> to this podcast. Actually, I think this was the, uh, the actual uh, audio right here. I'm sorry, sir. Nobody is home. And Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. So, yeah. uh, If your house is hooked up to the internet, think twice about that. (laughs) All right. Um, So, we had talked about... um, We got to get serious here. I I got a... uh, I'm very serious right now. Is that... um, I went through my phone. I was like, I have all this stuff on here. I was like, I got to clear all this stuff out. So I was like, dumped a bunch of it on. And Dave Smith, who is what? Uh, Jewish. Jewish. Thank you. And from New York. Younger than us. <laughs> Younger than us and more successful. <laughs> Better looking. Um, he, comedy sometimes is the best way to get across like a, a simple point. And I found this, like he just, not that we're going to do like a 9-11 dive or anything like this but he just there I, we are i, I found okay let's not do it. today you remember the first reaction that we had after 9-11 was everyone said they went uh why do they hate us that's how clueless we were we didn't even know there was a beef like if, if you had asked us on september 10th you were like oh what do muslims think about america you'd be like that we're awesome i don't know like what else would they think and then september 11th happened and we were like whoa like, why do they hate us? And then people are like, well, you know, you've been bombing the shit out of them for decades. And we were like, what? <laughs> Doesn't sound like us. We'll be, we'll be playing that again oh, on the 9-11 episode. Those were good times. Yeah. Remember when wanting to bomb the shit out of other countries was a right-wing thing? I miss those days. Have you read the book? So I accidentally subscribed to Blinkist. The Atlantic. God bless your soul. I thought about you because I I now paid a hundred dollars every day. I get an alert from oh my god, it just drives I, me insane. I won up to you because it cost me ninety nine dollars. Damn, for a year subscription to Blinkist. <laughs> All right, you're winning. Are you are you familiar with the app? No, it's uh, footnotes, <clears throat> but in an audio version mm-hmm. for every well a lot of books. Okay. There's a lot of books that aren't on there, which is kind of the complaint I would have for Blinkist, but... Audible footnotes? Uh, audible as in uh, audio. Okay. Well, well, like an audio book. Oh, okay. Gotcha. It it condenses every book down to 15 or 20 minutes. Okay. And so if there's a book that you don't really want to read, but you kind of want to know what it was about, right. then you go to Blinkist. And so I went to uh, Noam Chomsky's Manufacturing consent i read that okay yeah you know what the biggest flaw of that book because the the book is spot on yeah it's a great book every every way except this one way that i could see he calls everything good 
left wing and everything bad right wing. Yeah. So when he's talking about the, because the book is about the media manufacturing right. consent amongst the people. The media is manipulating people to, and this actually is going to lead into our theme for t- the actual stories today. Right. Um, the media will, it, it's very, very good at manipulating people. Yeah. And in Noam Chomsky's book, Manufacturing Consent, um, he constantly attributes the media to the right wing. And at the time that it was written, so this must so this is written in the mid like late 90s right uh look it up but that would be my guess yeah like george bush right era yeah um uh, 88 88 wow Mm -hmm. okay but I would say so. We've had this steady move to the left and everything. Correct. It, it, this is this is backing up what we always say about left, right, gold jacket, green jacket. Who gives a shit? Right. Because it's he's right, but his he failed to see at the time that he wrote this book that the left and the right were essentially the same side of the coin, and that the media is constantly going to be moving in order to satisfy the um the state right they are cheerleaders for the yeah, state yeah to, to be charitable to him i i i agree with what you're saying but at that time the right was definitely a more dominant paradigm within yeah. our propaganda 100 no at i at that I, point yeah i understand why he wrote it the yeah. way he did correct I, and if he went back to revise it he might take out all the left and right right bullshit that's in it um cuz he's wrong in in our the way that we see the world today. He was also uh, slated for an appointment to meet with Jeffrey Epstein right before he didn't kill himself. Really? Yeah, he was on that list. Uh, uh, Chomsky? Uh, Chomsky was supposed to meet Jeffrey Epstein. Weird. Yeah, they the uh, Jeffrey Epstein's uh, well a, a, a point, what, a, appointment book was just made public, and it was like several CIA agents, FBI agents, and Noam Chomsky is on there. What do we know? What's your theory about Jeffrey Epstein? He's still alive. My theory about Jeffrey Epstein <laughs> is that he was uh, basically a deep state operative who was oh, absolutely. trying to blackmail yeah. people into compliance. Right? right, That was the reason that he was yeah. set up. And so, yeah, uh, who do they want to blackmail more than anyone? Enemies of the state mm-hmm. or people that are already in the state that they can control? Or it's not even like, enemies of the state. It's people put in position of power, but right. we always have this thing holding over your head. So, like, the... Um, the original, uh, uh, who's the original, the first guy put in charge of the FBI, Hoover. Mm-hmm. Uh, J. Edgar Hoover was a known pedophile gay guy back in the day, which was totally not acceptable, and a cross-dresser. And like, this guy's perfect, because we always have this thing holding holding over his head, right? And he will do whatever he's, oh, we're going to drop the drop the dime on him, is... Jeffrey Epstein was the that on steroids for like the modern day. He was like, I have dirt on all. Doesn't quite have the same leverage uh, today, does it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's Crosschester. Great, give him the job. Yeah. Oh shit, my plan backfired. So I'm not surprised that uh, Chomsky was a target of theirs. I'll just right. I think I would guess the reason he was on that list is because he was a target. Yeah. Um. So, uh, anyways, the the that kind of dovetails into the theme of everything I've been thinking about that I want to talk about today, which is the media's lack of sense of irony. 
Yes. Inability to smell their own bullshit. Yeah. We were discussing this earlier. Yeah. Good morning. Time to get up and go to work. See you. I have come across a couple of good clips here that I wanted to wanted to play. Um, I'm going to start with uh, Joyless Reed and Rachel Maddow, which I can't think of a, <laughs> a two better. people I would rather not go camping with. <laughs> we need a nickname for that. Uh, I'll put it on my my Cockney uh, American Cockney yeah. list that I've started recently. <laughs> um, all right, here we go. Feel free to chime in uh, wherever you feel appropriate. I, I just, you know, those memes of the dog that can't catch the ball, uh-huh. and it's like you and then irony, right? And the the balls either hitting the dog in the head or just like missing him, missing him. That is how I feel like the mainstream media it has. Yeah come across up to today they are just completely immune to self-reflection were you gonna say something <laughs> yeah, well, the, that never happens well i've been <laughs> thinking about that's funny you brought up the metaphor for the dogs that's something that i've been thinking about quite a bit lately dogs so, you're right dogs dogs is um oh dogs you know what a kong is right not, yes not the oversized primate but the yeah, the thing you stick peanut butter in yeah, to you keep stick your dog busy. In. Yeah. And I was watching my dog with a Kong, yeah. right? And he doesn't have the knowledge or the basic understanding of physics or the wherewithal to understand like, or the thumbs or the opposable thumbs that his tongue is not long enough to like get the peanut butter, right? He can get like a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And then like, I was like, I was watching him and it's endearing, but it gets like a little sad. I was like, he kind of created his own oppression right there. And I'm watching him like he's he just doesn't know like this is a fruitless task. You're never gonna get the peanut butter out of it, right? Right. And so it made me start to think that you know, witnessing this uh, I guess this canine Gordian knot that you know, watching in real time is I came across an article. It said this is from KFOR News. Realtor helps LGBTQ plus Texans leave state through the rainbow underground. I was like looking at that going, is are they preventing, it reminded me of the media, the stuff you bring up, like are they preventing trans people from leaving Texas? Is there like some kind of a border that I don't know about? Like, and I, I, no, it's like when my mom tells me that Tennessee has banned the teaching of black history in their schools. Right. I, I know where you're coming from and I know why you're wrong. And then I came across another article that this person was talking about, like, if you are against, uh, you know, if someone says like, where are you on trans people? Like, I have no thoughts on it, to be honest with you. Like, you know, figure out what makes you happy. Do that thing. Be a nice person. Be a good neighbor. I have no... That's not what you think. What you actually think is murder all of them. We want them all murdered. <laughs> yeah, then they go like, how about sterilizing children? I'm like, that sounds like a like a really bad idea, like a really horrific idea. Like, fucking bigot. And they go like, well, that makes you a transphobe. We're like, okay. <laughs> Whatever. Is you approach it when you're watching the sidelines. It's like watching your dog. He just compared trans people to dogs. Okay, oh, fine. I God. did. But you go... 
I'm, I'm not part of this game, this, this nomenclature that you are making up in your own head, these conflicts that you're making in your head. Like I'm not, I'm not a part of it. Right. I'm watching it from the sidelines. Right. I'm watching my dog try to get the peanut butter out of Kong. You're not going to get it, but your tongue is not long enough. You have created your own oppression. So these people that say like, that makes you a transphobe. Right. Yes. I go, Fine. It's whatever you want to call me. It's like, it's like walking into a room and everyone's playing Dungeons and Dungeons and Dragons. And they say, uh, you know, Sarah just rolled a six and that means there's a spell in this room. You're like, uh, just, I'm just grabbing a beer out of the fridge. Like you guys play amongst yourselves. I'll, yeah. uh, I guess I'll catch up with you tomorrow. I'm not part of this whole thing. No, you are. You're in the room. Therefore you are. Yeah. You know, the, uh, similar analogy, the dog, the wolf licking the knife Mm-mm. to until it dies and bleeds to death. Oh, okay. No, no. like in the Arctic where indigenous people uh, sometimes might might hunt a wolf they, they'll, they'll take a double-edged blade and they'll put blood on the blade and they'll melt the ice and stick the handle in the ice so that only the, the, the blade is similar analogy can I say that um, our conversation we had like what six, eight people together at lunch yesterday in mm-hmm. our conversation about necrophilia yeah. was one of the most like emotionally satiating and satisfying conversations I've had in like a long time. Yeah. No. Yeah. You have serious, serious problems. <laughs> <laughs> Cause the whole thing started with, uh, Jacob brought up the fact that they busted this guy. Now, don't, you don't need to, you don't need to explain dude. I think our, our audience gets it. When you said nec- necrophilia, say no more. <laughs> Everyone gets that. Well, what we were talking about is, uh, I think I need to pay this off, is they busted this guy who was involved in a double homicide with two young girls back in the day. And I think with the genealogy sites, I think this was in the UK, is, you know, your uncle gets tested like, oh, I'm like, you know, 0.8% Native American, which is more than Elizabeth Warren. And then (laughs) they figure out, they're like, okay, so this guy, D this guy's DNA matches this. And this, this is how they caught the golden state killer. Golden state killer. Yeah, I was guy, gonna say that, yeah, yeah. This guy was, you know, scot free for 40, 50 years. And I go like, Holy shit. This guy murdered like 20 people, you know? And what was interesting about it is that they busted this guy, go back. He's in his seventies or something like that. Right. And he goes, you killed two people back in the eighties. Like we're going to throw you in prison for the, you know, the rest of your life. And then they find on the back of this guy's desk, all these hard drives duct taped to the, yeah, taped to, to the back of the, the desk. desk. And they turn out this guy worked into, uh, this is where you turn this off. You got kids in the car. Yeah. Not safe. <laughs> but uh, for he work. worked at the local morgue and he just had hours and hours and hours of footage of him having sex with corpses. Mm-hmm. Um, which isn't the worst part of this conversation. Surprisingly. Cause then we had a, ser- a very serious and uh, I would say like intellectual, uh, intellectual conversation about like, do you think, okay, so it went two different ways. And I, let me just say too, like our, our friends are psychopaths. No, no <laughs> doubt about it. 
But not you and I, like we're kind of the, I always feel like we're kind of the hub that kind of, uh, the hub of reality that kind of keeps them kind of grounded to, you know, rational, yes. you know, somber life. Uh, there were women involved in this conversation. There were. It, it was not just like pure, like because, psychopathic dudes. And to be fair, right before that, we were talking about decapitation because we, you know, we a friend of a friend got busted for cutting the heads off a couple of people up in the country. Like some grow went wrong or whatever. So we were. Oh, that's how that. Right. So yes. we, okay. we, we merged the decapitation um, discussion into this uh, necrophilia discussion. Yes. And so we had that. We had a very spirited debate about like, if you were to engage in necrophilia, which I haven't, I'm assuming you haven't. No. Is it might be easier if the head is cut off the corpse. Well, that was your proposal. Yeah. I was like, just think about it. Because as grotesque as it is, like if you are going to have sex with the corpse and the head's still on it, that's way more disturbing I, to me. I think that you're the flaw in your thinking, though. Okay. Is that you are disturbed. I'm saying I, I don't have my heels dug in at all. On well, this. being the decent, upstanding citizen that you are, uh, you would be disturbed by having sex with a dead person. And therefore, you would want to cut the head off to make it less disturbing. That's, that's kind of where it's going. And, with and the it, person yeah. who's having sex at, on film with a corpse <laughs> is, is actually. <laughs> <laughs> My wife's staring through the door like, fuck, are you guys talking? Right the person who is actually willing. I didn't know she could hear us. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> are we being too loud? Can the neighbors hear us? Uh, the person who is actually willing to. I'm already on all the lists. <laughs> Do your worst. The person who is willing to not only have sex with corpses, but also videotape this. Right. And hold on to the video. Yeah. Uh, is not as concerned with uh, obviously the the for them it, it's not an issue for right. them cutting the head off yeah would be probably right not as so you bring good. you bring up a, actually so a pretty, a pretty what you're talking about is for yeah. normal people like us who right. clearly normal right uh, to have sex with a corpse like how do you kind of make it less corpsey and I right. think by cutting the head off, what you're doing is removing that like slight chance that there could be some eye contact or something like that. Okay. You know, like so, actually connecting, you know, for right. a second, your brain would yeah. connect no, with, decent this, point, decent with this point. dead body. Yeah. yeah so yeah. by cutting that off, you're just kind of completely severing any chance that it's actually, you're turning right. it into a flashlight. Yeah, essentially. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's uh, well said, by the way. <laughs> and the, I think the issue is, cause then we get into a couple of like subcategories is like to make eye contact, like you're going to have to pull the eyes open. With, yeah, like with, hold them up yeah. with like toothpicks. Right? And we also need to address the issue of the, there's there's a bit of a barrier to entry, right? Because the guy that's <laughs> go, it's going to want to uh, be... No pun intended or... Is <laughs> let, let, stop making fucking jokes, all right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> trying to be serious. You're right. I apologize. Is, you know, there is a bit of a threshold, like the guy, who, you know, who is going to have sex with a corpse, like, it's probably... There's a bit of a Venn diagram. Was it the three circles? Yeah, three or, three, three or more. Yeah, three or more. Is that, you know, he's probably less concerned with the idea of decapitating a, a corpse in the first place. No, Whereas like he, someone like you and I would be like, ah, it's just... Uh, it would be weird. Uh, I'd rather do something else if you don't, if yeah. you don't mind, but... It's, yeah, I don't spend my Sundays uh, decapitating corpses. Right. It's right. a little like, ugh, icky. Yeah. Yeah. So... 
All right. As we're having that discussion, is what, what was there like eight of us, six, eight, something six, like that? Yeah. Probably, yeah. I'm looking around and I'm like, I wonder what the other tables are talking about right now. Sports. That's what I thought. Yeah. It's like, hey, Jim, did you see that thing? I think uh, LeBron might start retiring. You know, he kind of hinted at it. And I'm like looking at these people. I'm like, eh. this is way more interesting. Now, the fact that you left energized after that <laughs> says a lot. <laughs> I'm not judging. Okay. I think you're a wonderful person. Thank you. All right. Um, all right. So uh, he- here's the dynamic duo, Joyless Reed and Rachel Maddow. Stop me when you have something to say. Okay. I am so excited to get to... Before I play this. <laughs> we, we didn't make it too far. That. <laughs> the last episode that we did on JFK mm-hmm. has had me thinking... It creates a whole new prism. About right. the our government in an entirely different way. Because we did that deep dive and we really kind of wrapped our heads around what it meant for the CIA to kill a duly elected president, mm-hmm. you know, whether you believe in our system or not, or, you know, whether JFK was going to be the greatest president in the world, or, or maybe he was another shitbag. The fact is he was elected and they decided to kill him. Mm-hmm. It's had me thinking about everything in a different light. Yeah. And I kind of already knew that stuff, but just kind of really like taking it in for as long as we did to, to set that episode up. All the stuff that's happening, and I'm not a, a Trump supporter. Okay. But you're, all you're- the stuff that's happening with Donald Trump, um, it's hard to see that in any other light than exactly what happened to JFK. So if, if it's not character, if it's not actual assassination, it's character assassination in the same light. And I, I really don't see it any other any this, other way. This this got into after the necrophilia conversation, and I'm not a Trump supporter, just to lay that out there, is that... <laughs> It gets into the notion of the deep state. Someone goes like, well, what, what is that? Like, well, the deep state is something that's not elected. It goes on forever. It doesn't mm-hmm. have terms. You know, it's just something yeah. that it's this higher power level that exists above like what we believe, what I, I personally believe is the facade. It's the uniparty, right? It's, it's the, two, the two-party illusion. So when you see that they're, you know, when all of media, all of government, the deep state, right, is against Trump, and I'm not a Trump supporter, just putting that out there, right? Not, mm-hmm. not a Trump supporter. Right. Is that when you see the things, the parallels that from JFK, they're like, this guy needs to be taken out. Like he's threatening our power hierarchy. Yeah. Right? Same thing that is happening like right now. And I say that as like not a Trump supporter. You're not a Trump supporter. Not, not a Trump supporter, yeah. yeah. All right. So that's what kind of, to me, that's what made this interview here, this conversation between these two ladies stand out to me is this total lack of ability to reflect on themselves. And they didn't spend a week diving deep into the JFK assassination, but just watch this and think about it in the terms of the episode that we just did. 
talk to you. We're just obsessed with the same things. And I love it so much. Um, you know, my, my biggest proof that the earth is round is that we're just walking on a big wheel and we're just going around and around and doing the same things over and over again. Please explain this exciting episode about the pre-MAGA. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm so glad that you did the thing about the John Birch Society and the relationship between the Republican Party and what they saw as their two extremist wing and what made them seem not ready for prime time. And so they had to have kind of a purge, but not one that pushed those extremists too far out of the town. I mean, I love it's for me, that stuff is helpful, not just because history is fun to learn history. Um, I think, particularly when it comes to political science, I feel like history is grounding. Like so many of the things that we are facing are recurrences, are things that cyclically come around again, particularly when it's about stuff that's structurally permanent. I'm with you so far. And I say this as not a Trump supporter by any means. Yeah. But uh, this is kind of interesting. And this is the Mm -hmm. irony ball. Exactly. <laughs> Moving right past their heads. <laughs> Smacking them in the forehead. Look at that ball going by me. Like, yeah. That's irony. Yeah. <laughs> like, Try to catch it. No, you can't get it, can you? Yeah. The relationship between governing parties and extremism. Like, that's kind of a structurally permanent thing. And when the... And by the way... Okay, so... When uh, they say yeah. extremism, uh, I want you to, you know, ask yourselves, who's more of an extremist? People like Tucker Carlson who want to uh, expose the January 6th hearings for being something besides what we were told by the mainstream media or um, uh, what was some of the more controversial uh, Tucker uh, uh, JFK, uh, JFK January again, 6th. Not exactly what we thought. Uh, the North Stream Pipeline. Again, uh, not exactly what the mainstream media right. said it was. And, you know, he would bring attention to things that the mainstream media wouldn't cover, such as the uh, who is the uh, journalist who wrote about Nord Stream pipeline and said uh, that Seymour Hirsch. Seymour Hirsch, yeah. who said this. This is- drives me insane. This like it's we talk about this all the time. Is something happened? Nord Stream pipeline. You're like, no, Russia didn't blow up their own pipeline. That's the mainstream narrative. Mm-hmm. And then quietly it comes out. No, Russia did blow up their own pipeline is the mainstream narrative. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then quietly comes out like, uh, it turns out it was not right. It was Ukraine done at the behest of the U S I think the U S did it actually, because Ukraine doesn't have the technology to blow up the North Chain pipeline is it just slowly like leaks out there. Like we were wrong about that. We were wrong about the lab leak theory. We were wrong about the vaccine. We're wrong about masks don't work. You know, lockdowns don't work. And everyone just shrugs and goes like, well, we're not talking about that anymore. This drives me crazy. Those people are extremists. Yeah. Not the people who print money to the point that our, everyone's dollar is worthless. Not the people that start wars over and over and over again. Not the people that spy on Americans uh, through the NSA and the FBI and the, you know, and, or, or even kill Americans. Those people aren't the extremists. It's the people who, say something outside of what the mainstream media would have you believe. This is what interesting about bring, bringing this clip up. They're talking about like history is cyclical, right? We you see the same patterns over and over and yes, over. Yes, like, you do. But you, Joyless Reed and Rachel Maddow, you are the media. You are the people right. that are perpetuating this cycle over and over and over again. Do you hear yeah, the words the coming out of your mouth? <laughs> 
extremists get a hold of the governing party and start thrashing it around a little bit, some sort of predictable things happen. And if you know how that went in other countries, in other circumstances, in other generations before us in our own country, I think it can help us feel less overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. It can help us have more reasonable expectations for what's going to happen next. And it can help us learn from other Americans who had to contend with these things before. I mean, history doesn't doesn't repeat exactly, but there are recurring themes, recurring incidents that to me are the best explanation that we have sort of from our forebears, the best help that we have from them in terms of how to contend with some of this stuff today. So how can you hear that and not think of the CIA killing a duly elected president? Yeah, well, there's no proof of that. Shit, there is. There's a lot of proof of that. <laughs> I, I love that you think about these things this way too. No, I, I agree. And you know, the thing, the thing is, you know, I, I, I sometimes tell my, my Republican friends, don't worry. The Democrats had this problem. She has no oh, They have friends. been here. They've been through this nightmare of having an extremist, racist, anti-black, like really wild out their party. And they recovered so much. They did the black president. They had a black president. Like you can fix it, but you're right. It takes time and work and knowing what it's about. How fucking condescending I know. is that? God. It's, it's almost endearing. It is. It's like, oh, you, you're just doing your thing. Look at you, you little <laughs> rascal. But the idea yeah. that this also happened in France, um, which is interesting because we do think of the French Revolution, but you're talking about a more modern version of a French Revolution that is very similar to what happened on January 6th. Yeah, I mean, when we think oh about um, the fight against fascism in World War II, we think about European fascism, which rose during the 20s and the 30s. And when we think about France in that context, if at all, it's about France being occupied by the Nazis. Do you, do you feel like part of what we and what societies have to kind of learn, and this is a very young country, the United States, as opposed to, you know, the European countries that we came from or, that, or the, the African nations that are ancient civilizations, is that there's always a perception. I never understood the, uh, well, I shouldn't say that. I, I used to think I understood that argument of, you know, the USA is a young nation and mm -hmm. Europe, they've been through all this, they've had all these. Right. Um, and so you can kind of forgive the United States for not really being able to be more socialist, kind yeah. of, is the argument. Yeah. I don't get that now, though. Like, what are you talking about? So what, we're a young nation. What Everyone in America came from Europe. Like the world history is not different for Americans than it is for Europeans. Mm -hmm. We also happen to be the only nation on earth that has actually codified into law the, the rights, God-given rights of people to be free and to reject their government if they don't like it. Right. Which is actually, you know, what they're talking about with the French, like... Revolution. Revol yeah. Re well, the, the, in 1930s, when the people marched on uh, the capital in yeah. France to try to overthrow the government, I mean, that is kind of democracy, right? Yes, sir. I don't know. Vintage of extremism and of extremists. They just are. They just exist. You know, the polling for the support for the extreme parts of the MAGA movement, it's always about a third. It's a third. It's a third. It's a third. No matter what the issue is, do you believe that Donald Trump is still president? A third, right? And that maybe there's some way that society's just kind of learned to live with the existence of a paranoid sort of part <laughs> of its politics, oh but not God. to be over. Just the, the, the elitist disdain that they project is it's comical. It's like watching like a cartoon almost. 
Well, it's the same woman who said that the culture war was over and that the left had won it. Right, right. Despite all facts in the contrary. It's the, uh, if I could figure out a way to better emanate, like, the fact that I live in an ideological bubble more yeah. than these guys, like, I'll let you know. <laughs> it's no. just, it's impressive almost. It is. You can buy it. Is that, is that the way you think about it? Yeah, well, yes, and every country is different. Every country has its own history and its own inheritance. I feel like one of the things that I'm starting to get more sort of comfortable recognizing in our own oh, age I, is I that in a democracy, there is a kind of centripetal force where in a democracy, what are you what are you trying to do? Essentially, you're trying to run a country where... Hold on. What she says right here, I think, is, is kind of uh, important and, and interesting. I'm going to back it up a little bit. But again... Think about what she's about to say in terms of the opposite. You, you know what she means. She yeah. means that Trump supporters are extremists that are going to ruin, ruin the world. Yeah, yeah. Right. But think about and it. Not a Trump supporter. Yeah, I mean, me neither. Uh, I'm not a Trump supporter. Okay. You're not? Okay. I'm not, I'm not defending you, you, Trump you, okay. here. So yeah. Just want to make that clear. Yeah. One of the things that I'm starting to get more sort of comfortable recognizing in our own age is that in a democracy, there is a kind of centripetal force where in a democracy, what are you, what are you trying to do? Essentially, you're trying to run a country where everybody gets a say, where all citizens get some say in how things go. There's always going to be some group of people in a democracy who feel like, you know what? I am not getting enough of what I want out of this democracy. And what this country needs is more of what I want. And so therefore, <laughs> we need to get rid of democracy so me and people like me yeah. can run these, this thing because we're supposed to. And yeah. that is a constant tension in a democracy. And it constantly throws off different kinds of extremist movements and authoritarian movements, uh, particularly from the right, particularly from the business classes and stuff on the far right. There's a, there's Wrong. There's a, yeah, there's a very logical fallacy that she has fallen into the trap to. And, uh, and I'm stereotyping at this point, but just because I know the background of both these people, but short haired women. (laughs) (laughs) Just miserable people (laughs) is that when they talk about like, it's more of like what I want, we're talking about individual and inalienable rights. Right. Mm -hmm. Correct. And then we talk about, here's the problem with, and I'm stereotyping just because I know these people's backgrounds. I was like, here's the fucking problem with what you are, what you are saying right now is it doesn't, there's no problem. It's like, I want what I want. Yeah. Right? I want to raise my family how I want to raise them. I want to do to my house what I want to do. Yeah. Want, I want to it doesn't improve, affect anyone else. I want to improve my property and I will do no harm. I believe in the, what non, you want is I, for you. I believe in the non-aggression principle. I'm, yeah. I'm going to be a good neighbor. You know, I'm never going to impede on someone else's rights. I believe in free driving. I won't even inconvenience another car on the road. Right. What you fucking believe is that we know it's right and you need to start doing it right yes. now. That's the fucking problem. That's the delineation between these two ideologies. Mm-hmm. And I had these discussions. We know it's right for you. We know it's right for your marriage. And we know it's right for your kids. Right. And you need to fall in line. Step in line right here and do these things. And, and, and to turn it back on itself like that was a problem with the right. You know what I mean? With, with uh, Prop 8 in California. It's like, what's next? Marrying dogs? I don't give a fuck. Marry a dog. Like, why, why would I care? Why would yeah, I care? As long as I don't have to give you money. It's not my dog. It. As long as I don't marry yeah. my dog. I don't really give a shit. I mean. Unless there's a dowry. A retired involved. dowry. 
this is where this ideology always falls apart. It drives me nuts because I've had these discussions with people, you know, I have like, you know, sit down for this. I have strong opinions on like a lot of this stuff. And I had my wife ask me one time, she goes, do you ever think that the people opposed to your ideology are just as strongly opinionated? I'm all, absolutely. I was like, but the difference is between those two ideologies, I'm never in the business of telling someone else what to do with their life. Right. Like I want them to be happy. I want them to prosper. I want them to not impede on anyone else's happiness or livelihood. That's where it ends. You can think it's wrong what they're doing. Yeah. Without telling them at the point of a gun. Right. Do it the way I said. Yeah. 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 And, and we should expect it. And we should find ways to stabilize our democracy by not being shocked when those things happen, by learning from other examples in our history and in other countries' history of how they helped those, <laughs> helped extremism, helped extremists sort of back into the governing fold and let democracy stand despite their efforts to undermine it. Well, one way to do that would not, uh, would be to not have a president that's not governing from prison. <laughs> Okay, so um, it's. It, I'm glad she brought up Donald Trump right there because I personally, I'm not a Trump supporter. Yeah, you're, you're not. I'm not. I'm not a Trump supporter either. Okay, so just yeah, yeah. I just want to put that out there. Okay, yeah. Um, but it is very interesting right now what's going on with former president, well, President Trump, mm-hmm. in that it seems very much like the existing administration is attacking their political rival main political yep. opponent right now and trying to get him not to run because he is actually leading in the polls over Joe Biden i mean if you if Sh- i know shocking i know <laughs> that's hard to believe but if they did an election today the poll suggests that Donald Trump would beat Joe Biden um and so that's disappointing because it, it just kind of seems to me that Joe Biden was kind of hitting a stride finally. He is kind of starting to come into yeah. his own. And I say yeah. that I'm not a Trump supporter. You no, know what I mean, but uh, no, or a Biden supporter. Or a Biden apparently. supporter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the shit that's going down right now with Donald Trump, and I'm saying this as a person who's not a Trump supporter. You're not? No. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Um, seems to be very politically motivated and i've had some conversations recently with friends who couldn't understand all of the uh defense of donald trump's actions mm-hmm. pertaining to the documents that he did not return to the feds according you know on their timeline that they requested them to be returned which every president in my lifetime has done I say that as not a Trump supporter, by the way. No, of course. Um, And I don't think that you could, again, with the media being oblivious to irony Mm -hmm. and to self-reflection, I don't think that you could make that more clear than in this second segment of uh, Joyless and Rachel. that Donald Trump's out, which I had not thought about, I'm, I'm being honest, until you said it, that instead of going through with this trial, 
He takes a plea with the vow to not run for president again, like Spiro Agnew did in the 70s. <laughs> Except it didn't. Like, right, yeah, and back that up. All right. You're not supposed to put this all that Donald your Trump's cards out, on the table. I had not thought about it. I'm, I'm being honest until you said it. That instead of going through with this trial, he takes a plea with the vow to not run for president again, like Spiro Agnew did in the 70s. So it sounds like what you're, you're saying. Supposed to say that out loud. <laughs> is that the problem is not in the horrendous? And I believe me, like I don't. I'm not a Trump supporter. Okay. So what he did was awful. Right. I I agree 100. percent It's that I mean it, it's, him holding on to documents. It's worse than the Civil War. Yeah. Or not, not as bad as January 6th, but I mean it's up there. It's up there though. Right. Yeah. yeah. Hold, I say that as like not a Trump supporter. No, I know you're not. Right. Holding on to these documents uh, in his in his house that he before they, he was pre, but went, while he was president were, he was allowed to have were they next to his Corvette? Uh, I don't think so. I, I, I might that, be thinking that sounds familiar though. I don't know yeah. where you're getting that from. Okay. Uh, I mean, I say but, that is not a Trump supporter. By yeah, the way, no, absolutely okay. not. But go on. Um, him holding on to these documents was, um, you know, awful. Mm-hmm. Terrible. He should not have done that. Yeah. I mean, what, well, I mean, when he was president, obviously, yeah. Right. He was allowed to. Yeah. But once he wasn't president, like holding onto those documents, right, was one of the worst things since January six, since since the Civil it, War. It, probably it, it comes along. There's a there's an extensive list of privileges that you get as a president. Like you can whip Haitian migrants, for example. But if you're not obviously. president. And I say this as not a Trump supporter, but yeah, you you when you're not president, you can't whip. It's Haitian wrong migrant. to whip right, the correct, migrants. Correct. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he, he at this point, um, because he's not president anymore, and has these documents, mm-hmm. obviously he's like the worst criminal, right? We can think of. Mm-hmm. When he was president, totally okay. Okay, everyone will admit that. And now that he's not president. Not okay. And you're saying this as a Trump supporter? No, I'm not a Trump supporter. Not, okay. Gotcha. I I don't. I'm not defending Trump. I don't love the guy. Gotcha. I, gotcha. It's not my thing. Okay. Just one. I am sure. not a supporter. Make sure we got that straight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, me neither. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna let them carry on a little bit. Yeah. I have. I don't know what the odds are, and I take the point from Catherine Christian earlier in your show, who said I can't imagine him ever <laughs> pleading guilty to anything. I mean, that's as we're all. You know, who among us wants to spend too much time floating around inside his mind, even proverbially? So who knows what's going to happen? But if this is as strong a case as the indictment makes it look, right, and that that's the prosecution's best case, it'll it'll get challenged in court. It'll be a it'll be a you know an adversarial process. We'll see how strong the defense is. But if the indictment is that strong and the Justice Department is going to treat this as a like case compared to other people who have been charged under the Espionage Act for mishandling classified information, then he is looking at jail time. And what would Donald Trump do to avoid jail time? I I guess, I literally suppose that he would do anything. And um, if it's going to come to him avoiding jail time, he now that this indictment exists, he's either going to have to win in court, defending yourself against these charges by saying, yes, I did it, is not a great defense. And so how else can how you avoid jail time? Right well, you can plead Jeez, in exchange for lenience. Awesome. And we've seen lots of people, including Reality Winner, a very high profile case, plead in exchange for lenience and still get jail time. What can he offer prosecutors other than... His confession, his cooperation. 
I mean, this is a crime he could only commit because he was in high public office. Spiro Agnew used that as a jail, as a get out of jail free card. It was not just that he was vice president. It was that prosecutors assumed he was about to become president because Nixon was teetering. They were right. And in order to keep Agnew out, in order, they traded him essentially jail time for his resignation. I'm not saying that's what the DOJ should agree to. I'm not saying that's right. what Trump should try for or that what his defense should offer it. I'm not even saying it would be good or bad for the country. I'm just saying the one other time we've dealt with this as a country, that's how we did it. All right. So I don't, do you know much about Spiro Agnew? Uh, I know the bare bones. All right. So Richard Nixon's vice president. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that they bring him up because what they're essentially saying is we don't really care about the crime that he committed. No. We just want him to not run for president. Right. I mean, they're making it very, very clear. Yeah. The, 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 what this is all about is actually getting him to not run for president. Yeah. No one gives a flying fuck about the documents. No. If they did, they'd be, they'd be prosecuting Joe Biden. Every president. And, and uh, was it, who's the senator? Uh, recently that was found with, with documents. Uh, Schefter or... Uh, uh, I think almost every... I mean, you can make this case for almost every politician. Schiff? Also, Schiff. Adam Schiff Adam had Schiff? document? I don't remember. He's going hard on that uh, Russian collusion thing. How'd that thing turn out? <laughs> <laughs> so they did the same thing, just to cut to the chase on the Spiro Agnew thing. They did the exact same thing with Spiro Agnew. Yeah. Spiro Agnew resigned. All right, so so this is how this is what we think about what happened to Richard Nixon, mm-hmm. and I didn't know this until Tucker Carlson did his little segment. I hadn't thought about it before, but he was saying that Richard Nixon was the most popular president in history mm-hmm. when he was elected. Yeah, he got more votes than anyone before him. The, the margin of the difference between him and his opponent, like right? He was, but all you ever hear about Richard Nixon is that he was the worst president. Yeah. Everyone hated him, right? Well, I'm going to try to run through this quickly about Spiro Agnew. Okay, Spiro Agnew was the governor of Maryland, and in 1972, the the DA from Maryland opened up this investigation, and Agnew was vice president at the time. But the investigation was about uh, contractors in Baltimore, in Maryland, being like corrupt. There being corruption between contractors and the government, which that must be shocking to you to hear that. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know. We didn't think that kind of thing happened in the United States of America, but apparently it did. So they open up this investigation and rumors start growing that Agnew was involved. Right. And. Well, all right. So there was this engineering firm run by this guy, Lester Matz, that was involved. They got scooped up. Mm -hmm. And uh, then investigative reporters and Democratic operatives started to pursue this rumor that Agnew was involved. So at that time, the statute of limitations had expired. Agnew could not be caught up in this thing. He was totally clear, Uh free and clear, right? Well... What ends up coming out is that these payments were made to the engineering firm, Matt's uh, engineering firm. Mm-hmm. And guess what? They had been continuing up until the time when, and, and continuing while Agnew was vice president. Agnew claims that this is not the case, uh-huh. claims innocence in this. And I'm sure to Rachel Maddow, 
you know, obviously he's going to claim innocence. Right. But if you look at it and take a step back and say, the guy was so adamant about his innocence through the whole thing mm-hmm. that he wanted to take it to trial, but decided not to just to kind of defend Nixon and, you know, kind of keep the whole thing, the wheels on everything. Yeah. But why would this engineer who took, uh, supposedly gave payments to Agnew while he was governor so that he could get contracts in Maryland, why would he continue to pay him while he was vice president? And the vice president isn't going to be able to give him contracts. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. You, do you think so? I, I mean, don't. state contracts to like redo roads and build okay. bridges and dams. I mean, the, the vice president doesn't have any ability to do that. Uh-huh. This guy was a local Baltimore, you know, corrupt contractor. Yeah. Right? There's. It doesn't make sense to me that he would continue to pay the vice president to get favors in Maryland. Okay. Right? I can get it. I, and it makes sense while he's governor. Yeah. But not while he's... Vice president. Right. Okay. But he did give him $10,000, which was a, according to Agnew, just a campaign contribution. Mm-hmm. All right. So this stuff kind of starts coming out in court. Eventually the heat gets so high that uh, Nixon tells him he's got to resign. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that part. And Agnew says later, he's like, Nixon should have held on to me because the Democrats hated Agnew more than they hated Nixon. And had Nixon held on to Agnew, him resigning would have meant Agnew became president, which would have been worse for them right. than Nixon. Okay. But Nixon insists that he resigns. And so he does. And who gets appointed vice president? Ford. Gerald Ford. Gerald Ford. Who was on the Warren Commission that and- said that. JFK was <laughs> killed by <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald. Okay. And then what happens? Nixon resigns. Right. Ford becomes president. Mm-hmm. The CIA guy becomes president. Agnew later writes a book. So he, he continues to proclaim innocence. Mm-hmm. He never actually lets it go to trial because he, he says that in his, in his memoir that he just didn't want to drag his family through that. Right. He never said, he never admitted guilt. He, to this day, proclaims his innocence. I think he's dead now, but, you know, was, was adamant about innocent, yeah. how innocent. To the point that he wrote a book. It was called, let's see, he wrote a book, he wrote a book how, um, about, oh, it was called Go Quietly or Else, about how Richard Nixon planned to assassinate him. Wow. So what Rachel Maddow and Joyless Reed are saying in this clip is that we have precedent for this before. Yeah. Spiro Agnew, who was a corrupt individual, had to resign also. But what was that about? It was about getting the guy they wanted in power. Yeah. It wasn't about his corruption. No. It wasn't about him being a criminal or doing wrong things. No one actually gave a shit about that. If you gave a shit about that, we wouldn't have politicians to begin with. (laughs) This is very true. What actually was happening with Spiro Agnew was they wanted Gerald Ford to be the president. Right. And so, once again, the media is just completely oblivious to the irony in everything that they say. And so, 
you hear it again here. Like, well, he's just got to, you know, we have one precedent for this. Spiro Agnew did the same thing. If they knew their history, if they actually gave a shit, they would go, oh, we shouldn't say that because obviously what we're saying is that Donald Trump needs to resign because he's not the guy that we want in power. Right. He's not the man. We, we want our man yeah. in power. All right. And just to put an even finer point on this than I've already put. This fucking clip from did you did you watch the clip from John Stewart where he's interviewing no. the, the uh, uh, politician from Hungary? Mm-mm. Dude, all right, try to watch this clip through the same lens that we've been listening to the rest of it. Okay, and tell me and, and try not to lose your mind. Yes, I'm from Hungary. So, so you can still function openly. You're allowed to state your opinion. I'm allowed to state my opinion. One of our party members was uh, harassed by the police. He was taken into custody because he posted critical comments on Facebook. This he sounds like, if I may, he would make an incredible governor of Florida. His state media is spewing <laughs> Russian propaganda. Can you imagine that the mouthpieces of a government propaganda television in the middle of the European Union are saying things like Ukraine is not a real country and the war is actually uh, waged according to U.S. policy interests, that Ukraine is only the proxy of the United States in this war. Mm-hmm. It's a hard I, think I, I, I think I know. So you're talking about Fox, Fox News Network. But that, is that the one no, that they don't is exist in, in Europe, Hungary dipshit. saying these things? Because they're, they're saying them in our country, too. And uh, is it paid by uh, your taxpayers' money? Uh, no, we give them, it's paid by. (laughs) Hold on. I like that because he goes, she's like, is that, is that a uh, media outlet that's paid by taxpayer money? And he's like, uh, well, I mean, no, no, uh, there, there is one actually that, uh, that we have, but uh, that's, uh, sorry. What were you saying? Like back, (laughs) play it again. Because they're, they're saying them in our country, too. And uh, is this paid by uh, your taxpayers' money? Uh, no, we give them, it's paid by, so <laughs> do you know a gentleman named Rupert Murdoch? Of course. So his goal has been to ruin Australia, Britain, and the United States so that Putin can gain more leverage, and I guess Jeez. Orban is, <laughs> is in that as well. Those uh, Republicans from the United States, how would they uh, see Viktor Orban if they know what he is saying? about America being a terrorist state. Mm-hmm. Also, or how would they respond to American uh, medias are uh, being uh, censored? How is it uh, compatible with the party of uh, so-called uh, oh, freedom? They would be delighted. Our- if, if America would begin to censor their opponents, they would, they would be delighted by that. Oh my God. Really? Really? Do you have something to say? <laughs> <laughs> who, is, who is censoring people right now? Who is censoring people? Uh, obviously, Fox News. I, I'm having a rare loss for words moment right now. Uh, does this uh, does this ring a bell? The vote by tweet memes prosecution can go forward. <laughs> vote for her. Vote for Mo and post Hillary. You remember? Uh, you know who Douglas Mackey is. Yes. He created this meme right. and is now going to jail for a meme. Yeah. But, well, obviously he's on, he's a, uh, he's an evil Trump supporter. Right. Yeah. I'm not. I'm, me neither. Yeah. Yeah. Not, but obviously not he is. Trump supporter, yeah. Yeah. So God forbid there be, um, uh, media censorship in the United States. 
because they're not actually a, a news organization. They're a, a propaganda organization. He owns majority of the media. And unfortunately, he has managed to build a system where European money is funneled through friends and cronies and oligarchs who in return buy media and buy power for his system Which to be sustained. Which country are you talking about right now? Hungary. Oh, right. Of course. Not, yeah. What did you think? Oh, I just, that, just asking the okay. question. Yeah. yeah. So you're saying if you have a media machine that purposefully lies to its people. <laughs> this is, this is, there's that irony ball. Woo! Here we Woo! go. Here we go. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> this is just too good. His system to be sustained. So you're saying if you have a media machine that purposefully lies to its people, to maintain a political fiction and get themselves power, that that is the hallmark of an authoritarian system, not a democratic system. Absolutely. Well, if we were ever to get something like that in the United States, we would be horrified, <laughs> furious, to know that there dude, was an entire. Is this? This is not irony, dude. I I know. I, I don't know, know, dude. I, I know. I know. I know. I know what you're saying. He's not so, pulling like an Andy Kaufman right now? I don't think so. If he is, it's the deepest fucking shit that I've ever heard of. I don't know. I dude. watched seven minutes of this. Okay. Okay. I, I don't know, man. It's, it's I know. It's too fucking on the nose. I when I saw the someone sent this to me on Instagram. Okay. And I watched it and I I was just gonna play that, but I it was so on the nose that I had to go find the actual full interview to see for myself. Uh-huh. I don't know, irony, man. I don't know if I'm buying it. Irony proof. <laughs> I don't know if I'm buying it. Well, I honestly, uh, John Stewart has been a shitbag in the last couple of years. I hope I'm wrong. I, yeah. I, I would love nothing more than someone to come out and be like, ha ha, gotcha. He wasn't really being serious right in here. He was making fun of this Hungarian woman, which no one knows who she is. I don't, I can't imagine why he would do that, but, but nothing would make me happier right. than him actually kind of waking up because he used to be good at holding politicians feet to the fire. Right. Yeah. Now he's become a total fucking shill yeah, he's, for the state. He's become like a Colbert light. Totally. It's like insufferable fucking shit bag. I dude, I don't know, man. It's just too, he's like, I know. he's like doing the stereotype of like the lefty that I argue with <laughs> like when I'm working by myself. I don't know. Like he's a smart guy. I, I don't think I'm buying this. He's been bad lately. But okay. All right. I, I hope you're right. Furious to know that there was an entire media organization designed to bend reality, to manipulate facts, to maintain power. It would, if I may, and I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to slam Hungary. It would never happen in the United States. It's just not. I'm not buying I, it. I almost can't even conjure it. Imagine it. It must be very difficult mm. no. to live in a country where one I think media he's doing organization some level shit. out of whole cloth, knowingly, explicitly, maybe even in meetings behind the scenes might say, we're lying to our audience. Holy shit. And then call for news people to be fired for telling the truth. I mean, if something like that happened in the United States, it would be a dark day indeed. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I think I think he's doing the right thing right now. I think this is some fucking next level shit. Fucking irony. I 
Pray to God you're right. Yeah. But have you seen his stuff lately? Did you no. see the problem with Jon Stewart? His is the episodes of his show. I have. They're they're, they're terrible. Yeah, not good. It would be Andy Kaufman on a level that we've couldn't even imagine. Yeah. I mean, I pray to God that you're right. Uh, but even if you're not, like, who gives a shit? You know, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> fuck the media. This if I am right, he that was job well done. The the tide is turning, my friend. We don't have time. Do you want to keep going? Do you want to do the BlackRock stuff? Let's do it next time. Okay. Yeah. We don't have time to get into it, but it seems to me like, God, I'm so like, knock on wood. I, I'm so like, I shouldn't be saying this out loud. I'm going to totally jinx it, but it does seem like the tide is turning. Sweet.